Hey there, motorsports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. I am your host, Lainey. Round 11 of the NRL season is behind us, and a few dormant or returning players have been making some big statements, hoping that they get noticed for origin selection. Glad the selectors have that job and not us, as performances this past round have now made their decisions a little bit more difficult. Some heavyweight teams we thought from the start would shine this season are plagued with injuries or being outmatched by hungrier teams, which has only added spice to the competition and a lot of movement in the ladder. The New Zealand Warriors have a well-earned buy this round and will be taking a break before they face off against the Brisbane Broncos on their return. We will be touching on the best and worst performances of round 11, We will discuss the St. George Illawarra Dragons and some major changes at their club. And we, of course, share with you our tips and previews for round 12 of the Indigenous round of the NR round. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show. We have the full panel on tonight. Hello, Emma, Gabby and Lachlan. So round 11 rugby football is over. Gabby and Lachlan, you both headed out to matches over the round. Did you want to share with us um, any particular uh, insights or what uh, your observations were from those matches? I'll start with you first, Gabby. You went down to Chile, Canberra to watch the Canberra Raiders take on the Parramatta Eels. How was it? It was good. It wasn't as cold as we anticipated. I actually got too hot, so I had to like strip off a few layers. But no, it was good. Obviously, my partner's a para fan, and he we went home a little disappointed, but it was a good game. We met the para team prior to the game, which was so good. Dylan Brown is the most loveliest man in the world. I was fangirling, but no, it was good. It was good. Raiders played good. It was a good crowd. It wasn't like a heap of Raiders supporters. It was pretty like 50-50, which was really interesting. But yeah, no, it was a good game. I went to Tigers Souths at Homebush. It's actually my first Tigers NRL game of the season that I've managed to get to in person. Yeah, in terms of the actual game, solid performance from the Tigers, but Rabbitohs way too good. I think I've bagged on Homebush as a venue before, but I really don't like it as a around game venue it's just so huge it makes everything feel so empty you know there was still 20,000 people there but it just felt like there was no no atmosphere whatsoever still always good to get out to a game I thought I should uh, also touch on um, how we've been going with our tipping so last round uh, I'm actually pleased to say Gabby and Emma you both got seven out of eight in your uh, last round Lachlan you got six and I was on a poultry five out of eight I think the Titans undid it for a few of us and for you too, Gabby. Otherwise, you would have gotten a perfect score. Um, Emma, I'm, I am just going to ask you, um, what did you think about um, going for Manly? Because that was um, the one that actually ended your um, possible perfect score as well. Uh, yeah. Did I say I was going to go for Manly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, I did do a sneaky change my tips on the actual app. I didn't really go for them, but... Secretly, I had to pretend that I was going for them. Um, you know why? But oh, he knew I was also tipping <laughs> against them, so it was fine. Um, I thought they actually didn't do as um, bad as I was expecting, if we're being honest. But uh, he was still pretty upset and picking on them the whole time. So good times. <laughs> oh, well. Um, he may get a win this week. Who knows? <laughs> as we usually do, let's do a review. Best team or player performance from the last round. Lachlan, do you want to go first? I'll go Hudson Young for Canberra. He he did a really good job, especially in the second half, just to manage to edge the Eels in a tight one. Uh, I was really close. Obviously, it was tied at half time. So uh, Canberra did a great job as well to to get the win. But I think Hudson Young was a really critical part of that in the middle. I had Hudson Young too, Lachlan. I thought he was brilliant against Parramatta. He's one of the best try scoring forwards. And I said it last week, oh, actually in our Origin episode, give him a blue jersey. I'd like to see him in the New South Wales team. So, yeah, I had Hudson Young too. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, I could agree with that. I am going to say that I'm very proud of the Cowboys. <laughs> um, and I think someone who doesn't get enough credit is um, Kyle Felt. He's not uh, like a showy player or doesn't do anything too special, but he's always like trying really hard and getting the meat pies. And I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. So. Yeah, fair call. I actually went for best team this round and I picked the Knights. I thought um, Newcastle 
man, they, they really turned up. Um, I thought it was um, a great game. I thought um, Gagai and Ponga, you know, a few of these players that, you know, we even sort of talked about at some length during our Origin episode. I think they were just sort of, I think, reaffirming the fact that uh, they've still got some good game left in them. And um, I think this was a bit of a Origin audition uh, for him and perhaps for a few other players. Um, and who do we think was the worst performance of the round? Oh, this is a tough one for me. I think I'm going to go with the Roosters. Just not up to scratch this year. I think there's not much else to say about that one. Same again, Lachlan. We're on the same wavelength this week. I've had Roosters. I think they had a massive wake-up call against Penrith. Yeah, I was just checking before we recording the show. I'd seen their intent place, and they're kind of convincing me they're not going to make the top eight at the minute. So we'll see. But, yeah, they got my worst performance too. Yeah, 100% me as well. Gosh, should we all pick the Roosters? Because I did too. I thought they were just ordinary, very ordinary, underwhelming. Um, But, yeah, I'll talk about that more when I do my preview. All right. Thanks, everyone. Fair calls. Were there any other bad performances? Sorry, underwhelming performances that we should perhaps shine a light on? I don't know about underwhelming, but how weird was that Storm Broncos game? (laughs) I was going to go there, but I wasn't sure that it should. Oh. It was the, the most bizarre game I've ever watched. It was so odd from start to finish. I had the pleasure of covering that game live and then I had to write a match report, but it basically just wrote itself. There was so much happening in every single minute. Like the last five minutes, there was like a Simbin, two Simbins, an intercept try that was disallowed when it should have been a try, an actual try. Um, I don't even know about a billion other things, but yeah, that was a crazy game. I felt like it all came out in the wash in terms of the hip drop tackle against Pat Carrigan was then deemed not a hip drop tackle and then the not shoulder charge tackle for Reese Walsh was deemed a shoulder shoulder charge eventually. So I don't know. I sort of went with that. Like I didn't think it was a hip drop tackle for Pat Carrigan and it's obviously been said that it wasn't. And I would have said it was a shoulder charge tackle from Reese Walsh. but. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was really weird. Yeah, and what I don't understand is when they um, find things like on the bunker and then they say, oh, yeah, this is what should happen, but they don't pull it up. And then other times it's like 10 minutes later and they're like, oh, actually, not yeah, a try. Hang on a second. <laughs> um, what, what, what What was that last? There was a try that it was like, oh, yeah, actually it was a try. And they're like, no, nah, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, and the penalty try, yeah, that yes. was weird. I heard like Billy Slater talking about it after the game saying something like, what would you rather a penalty trial get a player sent to the sin bin and like you're down an attacking player and it made me think a little bit on that perspective of like what would you rather the four points against you or lose a player for 10 minutes I'd rather have the four points than lose a player that's what Billy said but see mm-hmm. I don't know it's four know, points. not guaranteed are they going yeah. to score in the 10 minutes usually they do but not necessarily I think also in from a player's perspective like having that 10 minutes down a player is a lot a lot of extra work for them. So, like, from a selfish, selfish perspective from each of the players, I think they'd take the conceding the try. Yeah, right. Some teams can really stretch and make it work. When I think about Union, like, I mean, not that I'm trying to talk up the All Blacks, but the All Blacks, for instance, as a team, I know they've got 15 versus 13 on the field, but they could lose one player and they'll still put three tries on their opposition who've got a full side. So it's just, you know, learning how to um, adapt as a team to that, um, to the changing situation. So it's a bit of that too. Good banter, everyone. This week, the New Zealand Warriors have the bye. Uh, their victory in the past round against the Canterbury Bulldogs with a score of 24 to 12, which actually puts them back in the top eight on the ladder after a rigorous schedule and challenging one over the past three rounds. It was great to see them bounce back with a win heading into their bye. Now, often we forget about our Kiwi cousins and all the travel that they have to do, but under Andrew Webster, we've seen a new team and hopefully they can enjoy their rest before they return next round when they face up to the Broncos in Napier. Uh, so it is the Indigenous round at the NRL, and I'm actually really looking forward to seeing all the tribute jerseys on display for this round, also the celebrations pregame and at halftime. If any of you have spotted um, on the NRL website, they've included the Indigenous place names for all the venues where matches are played, as well as the Indigenous uh, names for all of the teams as to which suburb or which region they are from. So check that out. 
think Cronulla actually um, renamed all their social media just for this week. Yeah. I also heard the Warriors um, had also had um, Indigenous round jerseys printed up, but they've got the buy this week so they won't be able to wear them, <laughs> which is a bit of a shame. That's good, though, for, like, fans. Mm. Like, supporters will want to get those jerseys. Yeah. And also it's great for the artists as well. Yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, Thursday night footy. So for the first match of the round, it should be a blockbuster with the Brisbane Broncos hosting the Penrith Panthers at Lang Park. Both teams are in the top three with Broncos at number two and Panthers at number three. Uh, the Broncos have a better history of victories against the Panthers, but, yeah, there's a lot to unpack and look forward to for this particular match. Lachlan, please tell us, what can we um, hope for? What should we look out for for this match in Lang Park? Yeah, this is going to be a great way to kick off round 12. Um, definitely a heavyweight clash. I think Lang Park definitely gives Broncos a bit of an advantage heading into this one against Penrith. Just, you know, that literal home crowd advantage in the cauldron. Brisbane, they're coming off a bit of a disappointing loss to Melbourne. I think that's fair to say. Uh, 24 to 16 away from home. So they'll be looking to bounce back from that one. And I guess the biggest news out of that game is Adam Reynolds bit of a scary incident during that match. So um, Jock Madden, more than capable halfback, slot straight into the number seven. For Penrith, they made, I think it's fair to say, a bit of a statement last week, a statement win against the Roosters, 48-4 in front of their home fans. It will be it'll be different this week, though, away from home. Um, so they might have a bit of trouble replicating that without their home fans, but we'll see. Just another challenge for them. Uh, they've named the same 17 as last week. So this is actually the second time that these two sides have met this season. They uh, played back in round one to open open their respective 2023 campaigns. Brisbane actually came out as the victors in that one, 13 points to 12. This time around, it's essentially a battle for second spot on the ladder. Uh, we're kind of at the time of the year where positions on the ladder start to kind of be indicative of where the team actually sits in terms of their premiership chances. So definitely an important game for both of them. In terms of predictions, I'm actually looking at the odds. Most bookies are, are going with Storm as quite comfortable favourites, and I was quite surprised by that. I think even though Brisbane were pretty disappointing last week, I think they've shown that you know they actually have a real shot at this this year, and Penrith have shown that they're really lacking in certain areas. So I'm going to tip the Broncos to bounce back and win by... One, why not one? Field goal. Field goal to Jock Madden to to win it. That's a good call, Lachlan. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go Penrith only because I thought they were very strong last week against the Roosters and they'll be, I think, continuing that momentum. Just a little side note, how cool was that, like, little chip from Isaiah Yo for Brian Toto to score in the corner last week? Well, that was epic. But, yeah, I think I'm going Penrith. Um, I think Brisbane might be licking their wounds for another week. Yeah, I think that's a safe call. Um, for me, um, I know we already talked about it, but I feel like that Storm Broncos game was kind of, I don't want to say rigged, but there was a lot of calls that went Broncos way and they still couldn't get the win. I think Panthers are looking a lot stronger based off last week. Throughout the rest of the season, I still think Broncos, um, their form has been pretty good. But for this one, I don't know, I just feel like Panthers is a safer option. So I'm going to go with them. Well, I'm going for the Broncos. I I think they will definitely miss Adam Reynolds. Uh, That was pretty scary. When I think about that last game against the Storm, Paddy's a pretty impactful player and him off the field for 10 minutes would have really hurt them. And I know you said that it was an unusual match, but... I think if they didn't have Patty, they would have won. That's just me in my mind, you know, what I think. You know, it may not necessarily be what others think. Um, but I also suspect that the referees are going to have, um, I think, extra vigilant refereeing for this. Um, and, you know, I always play into that conspiracy that, oh, yeah, one team got, you know, poor decisions last week and, you know, or there's been a lot of controversy over the week. So things will kind of balance out a little bit. So in my mind, based on that out there type of science, I think that the Broncos may actually win this. And I think it will be around about two to four points, the difference. Very cool. Good call. Thank you, Lachlan. 
Okay, for the first match on Friday out at Cogra Oval, the St. George Illawarra Dragons will meet the Sydney Roosters for the second time this round. Their last matchup was in the Anzac round, and it was a Luke Carey field goal that clinched the win for the Roosters. So the Roosters are sitting 10th on the ladder. They've lost their past two games by a combined margin of 58 points, although they have won nine of their last 10 games against the Dragons. So the Dragons are sitting 16th on the ladder, and they're coming off their sixth straight loss, and the last one by a very big margin. So they have had a victory against the Roosters in apparently a long, a long, long time. And look, coming into this match, the Roosters with back-to-back losses will be looking to prove they're not the Friday night chalk dinner for their opponents. So for the Dragons, having played reserve grade for the Dragons, Zach Lomax has been recalled and he'll be starting in the centres. Matthew Fiangai moves to the wing. Captain Ben Hunt is at halfback. Jaden Sullivan's being moved to start on the bench. Jacob Little is the new hooker. Uh, Mikaela Ravalawa has returned and he's on the wing. Moses Mbaye has been dropped to the reserves, and I'd say the biggest out for the team is coach Anthony Griffin being completely dropped. So for the Roosters, Drew Hutchinson is the named halfback and will pair with Luke Kerry, and Joseph Manu has been sidelined, having suffered ankle ligament damage against the Panthers. Uh, forward Jared Warrior Hargraves, he's been named to start, although he had a pec strain from the last round that caused some concern. But I think having him on, you know, if he is cleared and fine and fit to play, um, his aggression will definitely be needed to push the struggling Roosters attack. So I was perhaps accurate in my preview last week uh, about an underwhelming Roosters, and the margin was quite embarrassing. Looking at the stats for the past two matches against the Cowboys and then the Panthers, Roosters had around about a 68% completion rate in both matches. So a heavyweight team like the Roosters, they couldn't pull themselves together to field decent attack. And when the media fans and pundits began calling the captain a disappointment, you know, it becomes quite worrying. I'm also unsure if it was all that talk about Rugby Australia trying to poach Trent, Trent Robinson, ongoing rumours about club infighting, and the media being ruthless this week on their critique of the side, and especially with close scrutiny on potential selections for origin. But the Roosters aren't the team that was pumped up um, from the very beginning as people thought they were. In fact, they've been looking very flat. So saying that, the Dragons haven't exactly had a great week. And with regard to fans and the media too, with the immediate axing of their coach, I'm not quite sure how to call this one um, as they've had a lot going on off field. And that disappointing performance and loss last round with Ben Hunt's 300th NRL milestone match. Yeah, it's just a lot. I'm hoping the Dragons can break that losing streak with a win over the Roosters. They really need to clean up their tackles, errors and that on-field communication because there were some moments in that last match when players just looked a bit lost, they looked disconnected at points and I could see the frustration even on Ben Hunt's face. So I think a few Roosters players are hoping to measure up and shut up a lot of doubters. So they'll be looking to put a strong win on the Dragons. That left edge of theirs is still the worst defended in the competition, so they have to tighten that up. The Dragons are at home and will be extra motivated to show fans and pundits that they can pull together despite an awful few days. And I think hoping to find a silver lining among these dark clouds to give fans a reason to believe in them and to celebrate. So I'm calling dragons for this. I think their deception may end after this round. And that's my call. I think dragons will win too. Um, I don't think it will mean anything in terms of their season. I think they'll just be riled up about everything that's gone on the past week. I think they're going to come out and they're going to want it more than the roosters are. And they're going to get the victory. And then, I think it's just going to be a mess for the rest of the season anyway, but at least they'll get these two points. I don't see them getting it. Um, yeah, it could be one of those just weird ones where they do, but, yeah, I don't see it. I'm going to go the Roosters. Yeah, I'm with you, Em. I just can't do it. It could go either way. <laughs> Laney, I think you covered it so well. Dragons, if they do come out and win, it'll make a big point. Um I just don't think the Roosters are going to suffer that loss to Penrith and then come out and suffer a loss to the Dragons. But, yeah, I can't back the Dragons. I'm sorry. I don't think they're going to want to really come out and if they liked Anthony Griffin, they're not going to want to be, like, trying to prove anything now it's too late. Um, And if they don't, then it's like, well, I feel like it still doesn't matter either way. Like, I don't – if they couldn't bring it up, bring a win already, like, why would they they get one now is what I'm seeing, but – yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting as a statistic that since arriving at the club in 2021, Griffin's coached 58 games with the club, recording 22 wins and 36 defeats, which I thought was an um, interesting statistic. Um, yeah, it was very sudden. I was quite astounded 
to read about what had happened. And look, I know we talk about Anthony Griffin a bit on this show sometimes, but, you know, I do honestly wish him the best um, because this must not be a very easy time for him. And I'd say it hasn't been for some months. Um, I just hope he gets to disconnect from it all and take a break away from the game because I think he'll need it and just disappear for a while. Enjoy his life. I I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him in an extent where you have to kind of look at it as like, at what point do we look at the players that he's dealing with, not his coaching abilities? I like Anthony Griffin. It's probably the only thing I do like about the Dragons and now he's gone, so (laughs) just sad. (laughs) But, like, you just look at it like now, like he tried to do something with dropping Zach Lomax and Zach Lomax wasn't playing up to standard. And now as soon as Anthony Griffin's out the door, Zach Lomax is back in. I think there's a lot more going on the, at the Dragons than just Anthony Griffin. I think there's been a lot in the media about comments made towards fans and there's a lot going on. So I think, yeah. Did you see what um, Ben Hunt said? Like he was pissed off because um, they weren't really like told what was even happening and then they had like a couple of hours to talk to, like the players had to talk to the media like after just finding out that he was dropped like why are they putting everyone through stuff like that if you it's that's not like anyone's fault other than like the main management of the club like you need to be looking after everyone and then there was something like was it like an important game for Ben Hunt or something or an important event happened last week and like none of the like official people at the Dragons attended this event for Ben Hunt or something. Yeah, because it was his 300th game. Yeah, and there was no, like, board members or anything like that attending. Like, I just think there's, like, we've talked about, like, Lachlan, you've shared, like, your input on the Tigers and the behind the scenes. I think we need to, like, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes at the Dragons that need to be maybe brought to light. I don't know. Yeah. Culture issue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm um I'm really worried about the Dragons. I think they I don't see them playing finals for a very long time. I think they could be the next Tigers if you will, kind of into a pattern of of um not making that top 8 and you know constantly going through coaches and going through backroom staff and yeah, it's not looking great and I think it's past the time to save them at the moment, so they're going to need to pull something special out very soon. Sad times coming for them, I think. They'll get through it. It just depends on how many rounds it takes to get there. Um, it may not be the season for them, unfortunately. I remember the Warriors went through that for, God, I think it was like two seasons and we had Stephen Kearney as our coach and it just turned really ugly um, at the stadium between fans and the media. And then, you know, in a similar type of fashion, he was, you know, you know, dismissed, and it really did just. Um, I think fans who had been criticizing uh, the coach sort of took a step back and realized this is actually a human being who's um, being paid to do a job, which none of us could actually, you know, step up to do. Um, and you know, they've just taken it on the chin each week. Um, and yeah, it's just unfair. Also, why would you suck someone without having a replacement straight away? But like realistically getting a replacement isn't going to get them the premiership this year would you not have just kept anthony griffin there until the end like what is getting a new replacement really going to do for them at this point in the season just make it look like they're doing something about it yeah they're being there has to be action yeah yeah unbelievably though this action if dragons just start winning from now on oh as a result gosh. But then that'd go and say, well, that was what the problem was, wasn't it? Yeah. Thank you, everyone. But for the Friday headliner match, the top of the table, South Sydney Rabbitohs will be hosting the 14th place Parramatta Eels over at Moore Park. So South Sydney are coming off a win against the Tigers. Well, their patience was rewarded as they showed that they weren't rushed and held their nerve to get a win. And the Parramatta Eels returned from Canberra, hoping to bounce back from that loss against the Raiders. Gabby, you got a close-up of what the Eels looked like in action last round. They were without Mitchell Moses, but he's back this week. Could the Eels be the side to take another big scalp in a thriller? Well, looking at this game, Rabbits have made it to the top of the ladder, overtaking Brisbane, so that's a pretty big deal. Para, on the other hand, have not been doing 
too well in terms of their consistency. Um, they did well to get to half time last week, but unfortunately come away with the loss. But this should be a good match in terms of Friday night footy. Uh, the Bunnies this week, uh, their team, not too much changes, just a few outs. Tom Burgess uh, was a late withdrawal last week due to back spasms, so he hasn't been named in the side this week. Uh, Jed Cartwright won't be available as he is going through concussion protocols. And that's about the only real change to the Rabbitohs this week, which is good for them. The Eels, as you said, Laney, Mitchell Moses returns after missing round 11 under the concussion protocols. That shifts Jake Arthur back to 18th man. This is just a really random side note on Jake Arthur. I read the most like the most terribly sad article today about Jake Arthur. So a lot of it come from last year and there was a lot of talk about him being put on the team because he was Brad Arthur's son and he was being favoured when he shouldn't. But I read this article today about them being in Canberra and apparently the players went out to see some fans and Parramatta fans were actually talking really terribly about Jake Arthur in front of him to the point where Clint Gutherson actually had to tell them to, like, pull their heads in, and they all sulked off. And then the saddest, saddest part was that this, I think it was like a kid or something, come up to Jake Arthur and asked him for his autograph, and Jake Arthur was like, oh, are you sure you want my autograph? Like, so broke my heart. And I just think that's so terrible because we watched Jake Arthur, like, fill in for Mitch Moses last weekend and he honestly he was not the worst player out there by far he steps up every time he's called upon and I just don't know why he cops so much hate but I guess we touched a little bit on it before he's out there he's an NRL player he's doing what we cannot do so it's just so sad to see that he cops that much lack from Parramatta supporters of all people but anyway, he's back to 18th man. That was my little rant on Jake Arthur. Be nice to Jake Arthur. Sean Lane, that's a really big out for Parramatta this week. He hurt his hamstring against the Raiders. Um, he's out for a suspected six to eight weeks, so that'll be a massive blow for Parramatta, especially during Origin because Junior Polo is likely to be picked for the Blues team, so that'll impact Para uh, majorly. But Bryce Cartwright takes the starting spot on the left edge and Sean Russell comes in on the wing for Hayes Dunster and I think he's dropped to the reserves. So that's all the real difference for Parramatta. I think I'm going to go South this week only because I watched Parra in action and they just aren't playing consistent 80-minute footy at the minute. Uh, I think South are far too strong and they will keep that ball rolling for God only knows how long, probably till the end of the season. At the moment, Para are terrible. Like, completely can't see them. Honestly, at the moment, I can't see them making the top eight, which would be a very disappointing result for a grand finalist last year. But the Rabbitohs are really impressive. They played an outstanding game of football. I'd argue a near-perfect game of football last week against the Tigers. They didn't have it easy. They had really had to grind it out. And once it got going, they managed to close it out really well. It was a very mature game, I think, by everyone, by that whole club. It's the kind of games that you need to put together to win premierships. And I think the Rabbitohs are just in a great place at the moment and Para aren't going to stop them. So Barney's by 20 or so. Well, 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 Para, it's good to see that the um, Cowboys have overtaken them on the ladder. Pretty happy about that. Um, Yeah, I have a lot of close friends that go for Para, so it is very exciting to see us finally not being behind them. Sorry to say they're just not playing anywhere near as quality as Rabbitohs. So for me, it's got to be an easy Rabbitohs. But if not, this is going to be the upset of the round, I'd say. I agree, Emma. If they if Eels do win, this will be quite an upset. I like I remember when we were talking about Panthers versus Eels and you know Eels were sort of starting off a bit shoddy in the season and they come out and then they beat the Panthers I don't know whether they'll be able to do the same against um, the Robitoes or at the top of the table but you know if they do great that they can do it for that game but I don't know why they're not doing it for all the other games I'm going to go for Souths they are just proving to be a little bit unstoppable at the moment and they're just on such a high I don't know I'm a bit conflicted 
for your boyfriend, Gabby, I want to be like, yeah, I'll go to the Eels, but I think Souths are going to get it. He told me before the show because I said, "You, I'm going, I'm picking the Rabbitohs. And he said, I'll be the only person in the world that will pick Parramatta, so pick the Rabbitohs. <laughs> right, well, thank you, Gabby. Uh, for the for- first match on Saturday out at the beautiful Coffs Harbour, the Cronulla Sharks face up against the Newcastle Knights. Both teams had a cracker game in the last round, coming in each with a win. So the Sharks are fourth on the table and the Knights are at 11th. Emma, last week you tipped the Knights to win, and they did. Quite a performance from them. I wasn't sure if two particular players were making a strong case for origin selection, but they got the win and, you know, they'll probably get another look. Sharks are a strong attacking side and the Knights are a team that we've often called resilient. They seem to be back to full strength. So what can we expect from this particular matchup? Yeah, well, they're both coming off wins um, last week, although the Knights was by quite a big margin. So well done to them. The Sharks are fourth on the ladder, though, and the Knights are 11th. But I don't think that's really a great representation of the season. I think the Knights have had a lot of um, really close, maybe unlucky wins uh, that could have potentially got them a little bit higher. But anyway, they're still probably where I would have expected them. So that's okay. For the Sharks team, we've got Theosifa Talakai will remain on the sidelines with a neck injury. Therefore, Connor Tracy will hold his spot in the centres. Oregon Kafusi came down sick last week and was withdrawn from the game against Manly, but he will be back at prop. Cameron McInnes was replacing Kafusi last week, but he broke his hand during the game, so he'll be out for about four weeks. And Braden Hamlin Ueli has been named in the extended squad um, as he's recovering from his MCL, so I don't think he'll play. For the Knights team, they're running with the same team as last week, just one positional swap at the moment, which is Jack Hetherington is moving to prop, switching with um, Leo Thompson at lock. Apparently, I was looking at stats before, last week the Sharks' back three ran a combined of 483 metres, which is only one more metre than the Knights' back three ran against the Titans, so... Thought that was pretty crazy. Sharks are currently leading for line breaks this season with 63. And Sharks did win home and away last year. And they have won both games that they've played at Coffs Harbour. So that's good for them, I guess. Not really so great for the Knights, but we'll see how they go. Uh, Dominic Young and Jesse Ramian will both be players to watch both try scoring machines. So, yeah, look out for them if you're going to put a multi on. Again, this if the Knights were to win, it would be a huge upset. I'd I'm more inclined to go for, for this if I was going to pick an upset, and I don't know why. Um, I think just because they impressed me last week, but a safer bet would be the Sharks. If I'm picking an upset, this is the one, I think. Sharks, yeah. I'm really interested to see the crowd that gets to Coffs Harbour. I think that's the main bit of point of interest for me of this game, to be honest. I think Cronulla should get it done. I agree. I'm going Sharks as well. Will be interesting. But, yeah, Sharks for me. I'm going the upset. I reckon the Knights are going to come in and they're going to, um, like, sort of douse any hope that the Sharks have here. It's weird. Like, I always think the Knights are that dark horse team, you know. So I'll go for them. They've been playing pretty well. Well, they did that last game anyway. I like it, Laney. Go risky. Well, I go for the Tigers each week. Jeez. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. <laughs> All right, so the first match on Saturday is a mid-afternoon match out at Mine and Lachlan's local Leichhardt Oval with the West Tigers hosting the North Queensland Cowboys. A few years back, I saw the Tigers when they had Tedesco on the side beat the Cowboys, but we're seeing a very strong Cowboys team making a return to their form after a massive win over the Dragons. The Tigers showed some real character managing to hold South off for a large portion of that match. And uh, so, Lachlan, I wanted to ask, it's a short walk from home to Leichhardt Oval. Will you be heading to the old ground to watch this matchup? And what should we expect with these two sides? I'm definitely going. Love Leichhardt Oval. I think I may have said that a few times. But um, triple header on Saturday. They've got the under-20s and New South Wales Cup going on beforehand as well. So it should be a, a good day and a good game. Brooks's 200th game on Saturday, assuming he stays in that seven spot. Big deal for him. He's been around the club for a very long time. And we'll see whether he'll get his contract extended or not. I think we'll get news on that pretty soon. So, yeah, big weekend for him. The Tigers winning streak, well, I think it's only when we refer to the Tigers that we refer to as two wins as a winning streak. But um, that's kind of grinded to a halt after losing to South Sydney last week. I was really impressed with how the Tigers played. They were just beaten by a much better team 
in the end, but Tigers did a great job of uh, making Souths work for it and Souths did everything perfect, so credit to them. But yeah, 20-0 at Homebush and they've got the Tigers have made no changes to that 17 for this week. The away team, the Cowboys, uh, they've got two wins on the trot now. That's seen them go up to 13th on the ladder. A very solid 42-22 win against the Dragons at home in Townsville last week for them. In terms of team news, Jermaine Tenor-Brown is out for this game with Riley Price slotting into his spot on the bench. And Tamalolo is nearing a return from a knee injury in good news for Cowboys fans, but not just yet. This is a tough one. I think if the Tigers play as well as they did last week, then they win. But I don't think they will. I think the Cowboys will be buoyed. It's their turn to get a bit of a roll on and it's the Tigers' turn to lose all their momentum again. So I'm going to go the Cowboys. Yeah, well, we know I'm going to go the Cowboys. I'm quietly confident with this one. Sorry, Lachlan. But I don't think the Cowboys are that strong, but they're definitely stronger than the the Tigers in my eyes. So hopefully they can continue to pull away from the bottom. Yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys too. I think they had a great win last week against the Dragons. So hopefully they can keep that going. But in saying that, the Tigers, I think I touched on it a couple of weeks ago when I said that the Warriors are playing good footy even when they lose. That was the West Tigers last week. They played good footy in a loss. So it's promising signs for them. But yeah, Cowboys, which who knows, that might mean that West Tigers win. (laughs) You tipped them last week, didn't you? Yes, thank God. Maybe the hoodoo is broken. That's right. Gabby tipped the Cowboys and they won. It's a miracle. <laughs> I'm going for the Tigers. I mean, look, I like the Cowboys. They're like my third favourite team. The Cowboys, not. they might not deal well with the colder climate <laughs> down in New South Wales uh, coming down to Leichhardt. I mean, it is a 5.30 game. But also northern teams, when they travel south, they don't always do very well. So... You know, Tigers might be still chasing that next win um, and coming off, you know, that match that they had with Souths. They'll probably find some momentum to try and, you know, pick up off that. And I can imagine Benji and all of them are saying, you guys played a great game, you know, they were just a better team, but they're probably talking them up to say, the Cowboys, they're beatable. You guys can do it. So I reckon they're really revving them up. So I'm going for the Tigers. Yeah, well, to be fair, if they're going to get a win anytime soon, this would be the game to do it. All right. Thank you, Lachlan. Uh, the Saturday primetime slot is in Brisbane. So the Dolphins are hosting the Melbourne Storm at Lang Park, and I think this will actually be a cracker match. I'm quite excited to tuck into this one on Saturday night. The Storm are coming off a win from the last round, taking down the Broncos from top spot, and the Dolphins are coming off a bye, although a big win before they went into their bye. Gabby, there has been some news this week for the Storm with Craig Bellamy signing on as coach for another year. Some certainty for the squad and good news to celebrate and be the wind in their sails for a victory, perhaps, in Brisbane. Can the Storm blow through Brisbane and upset crowd favourites, the Dolphins? This is going to be exciting for Saturday night. I'm actually a little bit nervous for this game. The Dolphins had a brilliant game in Magic Round. So, yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah, so a little bit of exciting news for Lise Kafusi and Kenny and Jesse Bromwich. This is the first time they actually will face off against Melbourne. So that's exciting for them and Melbourne. Some good match-ups there. Uh, for the Dolphins, so as I said, Jesse Bromwich, he is returning from a hamstring injury as well as Branko Lee, both returning from hamstring injuries. So that will be some good inclusions for the Dolphins. Ray Stone is returning from a head knock, but he will be playing from the bench. And Mark Nichols has been named at 18th man and he's returned from a thumb injury, but he could be a late inclusion also. So that's it for the Dolphins, but there are some pretty big inclusions for them. For Melbourne, the relatively unchanged again, the only difference is that Nelson Asafa Solomona has been named in the starting side. Despite he was on and off the field a lot last week, he copped a knock to the ribs had the suspected ankle injury due to a hip suspected hip drop tackle. But he's starting, and that means Tui Kamakamita is going back to the bench. As I said, this will be very, very interesting. I'm really nervous with the Dolphins playing at Suncorp. Um, Melbourne not doing too well at Suncorp in Magic Round against Souths. So who knows? They may redeem themselves. Maybe that news of Craig Bellamy signing on will... 
give them that momentum to get the win, hopefully, should be interesting. I'm going Melbourne. What do you guys think? It's a really big opportunity for the Dolphins, I think, just to, I guess, build on that big win they had over Cronulla and also be able to, I guess, take some momentum out of the bye. I know that's a bit of a weird thing to say, but to be able to use that and, I guess, get the most impact out of it. That being said, it'll be a very tough game for them. I think Melbourne will be very happy with their win last week and I think they'll be too clinical. I think Melbourne will win. This is a tough one. I'm wanting to say Dolphins for some reason. I'm excited to see if the boys play against their old teammates. I feel like, I don't know how to explain this, but it's kind of like, well, there's a few of them, but I feel like it's like Storm's little brother team here. I don't have confidence that the Dolphins can get the win, but I think I'm going to tip them anyway. Oh, I'm going to tip Dolphins. It's a home crowd. They've really gained quite a bit of a fan following up there, and I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to turn out to cheer for them more than Storm. Storm's fifth on the table. Dolphins are sitting at number six. You know, they've got pretty similar sort of, um, you know, sort of track record for this season. But um, I, I want to go for the Dolphins because I, I feel like they're the sort of the Cinderella team and I'd like to see them, you know, get to the ball, get the prince, do it all. And if there's if there's an evil step brother, <laughs> whatever as you want to call it, you know, to sort of move out of the way, it's probably the storm. So I'm going for the Dolphins. Should be good. And they've got a lot of big inclusions too. That's a fair fairy tale analogy. I like it. <laughs> Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, everyone. Uh, so the first match for Sunday is between the Canterbury Bulldogs and the Gold Coast Titans out at Olympic Park. It's an early afternoon time slot, and if you or anyone is planning on going, take a jacket because it will be a bit chilly and a bit of a wind picking up coming through. That may affect the kicking game. Who knows? So these two sides are pretty evenly matched at the moment, although the Bulldogs are currently sitting at number 15 on the ladder and the Titans are sitting at number 9. So we said it was going to happen last week, but he didn't clear the fitness test. So for the Bulldogs, Josh Adokar returns from his ankle injury, which is big news for the Bulldogs. So Josh Adokar has scored eight tries in his past four games against the Titans. He may be looking to um, increase that number again. So with Josh back, that means rookie winger Blake Wilson becomes the 18th man. He showed some real heart and I think a lot of potential for big things in that last game against the Warriors. So I think he's actually a player to watch. Carl Oluapu is to start at 5'8 and referee favourite Josh Reynolds will be going back to the bench. Franklin Pele, he drops out of the squad and Sam Hughes joins the bench. Well, starts on the bench. So for the Titans, very few changes to that team. Aaron Clark comes back to the side from a finger injury and he will be starting on the bench. So Tino's little brother, Isaac Fatsuo Maliawi, drops back to the reserves. Also, Tanner Boyd will be setting up for his 50th NRL game. So those are the only real changes to the sides. So with Josh Adokar back, I think that would be quite a big end for the Bulldogs. And they'll be looking to try and capitalise on his return in order to try and get some tries on the board for the team. So the Titans have scored 26 points in each of their past five games. And... They seem to score quite a lot. Um, I have a feeling that some of the injury woes might sort of begin to die back a little bit and we'll be seeing a little bit more of a motivated team because I think in their mind they would have thought that that Warriors game last week was just sort of out of their reach. When I have a look at the stats, obviously the Bulldogs need to tighten up quite a lot, um, especially their defence. Also, when I look at the Titans, that particular loss to the Knights, there were so many wasted opportunities. Their particular team, even though they have an unchanged squad, and this is here in Sydney. I don't think it's going to be a crowd favourite um, turnout for the Titans. I think it'll be more for the Bulldogs. So I'm calling that the Bulldogs are actually going to win this particular match. And I think it will be very close by about two points. Although the Titans have shown that, you know, they can have pretty good attack when they want to. And, you know, further to the point that you made last week, Lachlan, that they've also proven that they can be a side that can be quite horrible very quickly. The reason why I say this is sort of 50-50 a little bit is because Bulldogs are really hungry and want to come out and prove. Titans, even though they're um, sitting at number nine on the ladder, I don't think they're going to be as hungry coming into this as the Bulldogs are. So that's the reason why I'm calling the Bulldogs. This is a tough one. They're both like looking through the two team lists side by side. They look pretty evenly matched. I do think the Titans will win, but I say that with no confidence at all. 
I think Titans will win, and I'm pretty confident. I don't think the Bulldogs will do it this week. Um, I'm just making this side note. Laney, you said that Tanner Boyd's playing his 50th NRL game. Yeah. Had him in your origin side. I'm going Titans. Reese hasn't hit 50 yet, has he? That's a good point. That's a really good point. Can't discriminate because of the amount of games they haven't played. How good, Tanner Boyd. Uh, this game could go either way for me, but I'm going to go Titans because just because. <laughs> just because Tanner Boyd will get them there in the end. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, and for your extra chat. All right, final match for the Indigenous round is between the Canberra Raiders and the Manly Sea Eagles. The Raiders are seventh on the ladder and coming off a win in the last round against the Eels, adding to their winning streak, which is now five in a row. The Raiders are at home again, so fans might be hoping to see their side climb even further up the ladder. The 12th-placed Sea Eagles are heading south and perhaps nursing some wounds after three straight losses. A few might be reaching for the deep heat a bit more than others. Emma, can Manly turn their fortune around and get a win in Canberra for this matchup? Look, I would like to think so. Mm, I'm not too confident. Raiders seem to have gone a bit under the the radar for me, actually. Um, I, I just don't pay that much attention to them or give them much credit. And then all of a sudden, they've had five wins in a row um, and Manly have lost their last three games. So not ideal if you're a Manly fan. Yeah, Raiders team, they've Zach Wolford is out with concussion protocol and Danny Levi is returning to the bench after a broken jaw. Tom Starling will start the game at hooker, and that's their only changes. Manly, though, they are in a world of hurt. Um, they Manly fans will be pleased to know that Jake Trevojevic is being named to make an early return, but I think it's important that anyone who's listening knows we record on a Tuesday after the team list has just come out, and I f- feel like every week I'm naming players that don't play because they don't pass their fitness test, so... Hopefully for Manly, he does make a return, but I guess we'll wait to see if he actually does get pulled since he's trying to come back early. Uh, same with Josh Schuster. Every week, I feel like all season he's out and then he's named and then he's not, but um, he is meant to be coming back from his quad injury now. So we will see if he does return. So, yeah, and then some more not good news for Manly. They picked up three big injuries last week against the Sharks. Josh Alawai. Uh, dislocated his shoulder, and he's expected to be out for up to six weeks. Kelmer Tawalangi fractured his face in that game, and he will undergo surgery, so he'll be out for six weeks. And Aaron Woods fractured his thumb, so he could be out for four to six weeks as well. Cooper Johns did sprain his ankle, but hopefully he'll just strap it and it should be good to go, although they will fitness test him later on as well. Ben Trevojevic will be moving into the starting side and playing in the second row, and Samuela Fainu and Ben Condon will be coming into the bench. So big shake-up for Manly. Maybe it's the winning formula. Maybe that's what they need is a shake-up, but I don't see it. I think it's going to be a lot of adversity for them to overcome, and I don't see them being able to stand up to the Raiders. So, yeah, even though I'd like to go Manly, I'm going to say Raiders for this one. They've just got a bit too much going on, I think. Like you said, Emma, I really had like a what-the-hell moment when I saw Canberra on a five-game winning streak. I was like, what? When did that happen? In my head, they were still, you know, really a struggling team at the bottom, but, you know, they're not they're not anymore. And I think a win this round would absolutely add to that, uh, especially since I don't think they've got – they've won six straight games since 2016 or something. So to be able to do that in a season where, in theory, they're not – a team that's pushing for a top four finish. Um, yeah, that'd be a really big achievement. Manly have really faded away after that promising season start. So yeah, I think I think Canberra will win. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go the Raiders as well. I think Manly, like you said, Emma, in a bit of a world of hurt. That inclusion of Jake Trevojevich, I don't know whether he's trying to make a point to maybe get picked for Origin. But still, it might be a bit too early. I don't know. Yeah, I just think there's so many injuries and unsureness across the park with Manly and the Raiders are just consistently good each week and they're naming pretty much the same side every week as well, which is leading to that consistency. So I'm going to go the old Blackings. Going to go for the green machine as well. I just wanted to ask you, 
Gabby, so you saw them in live action last week. Was your takeaway, and like I look, I, I understand that the Eels might not necessarily be the best game to sort of, you know, take a bit of a measure of it. But I mean, when you see them playing together like that, were you impressed? Oh, yeah. yeah, 100%. My whole opinion of the Raiders has completely shifted from watching them live and watching them. I think that just goes, you go and watch a team warm up and then you watch what you're not seeing on the TV in the background and the chat and, yeah, they're really impressive and I think they're going to be contenders towards the end of the season if they mm-hmm. keep this going anyway. It's funny because, Emma, before you said uh, the, the sort of the, the team that's been under the radar, so I know for a long time everyone called them the Faders, but I guess we can call them under the radar Raiders now. So that particular year as well, um, Lachlan, that you mentioned, they went on to like a 10-game streak you know, that year. I mean, like, and if they're not changing the team and they're able to keep up these wins, I have a feeling that they're going to continue to try and push to get another win and continue the streak. Um, last week without Jake Chaboyevich, though, I mean, there were a lot of missed tackles um, from the Manly side. With Jake back, if if Jake is fit and ready to play, you know, we might see a small margin between Manly and Raiders for this game. But I'm still favouring Raiders. Sticky does a pretty good job down there and they tend to play quite well in front of a home crowd. So I reckon it's going to be Raiders by about 10 points. Yeah, if Jake's back, I reckon it'll be close. But if he's not, it'll be a blowout in my opinion. And if Tommy continues to play as he does, you know, that margin could continue to worsen as time goes by. I'm worried about him. And there you have us, everyone. That is our show. Thank you, Gabby, Emma, and Lachlan. Thanks for tuning in and truly appreciate your support. Hope you can tune in regularly. Please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us spread the word. Don't forget to subscribe, download our episodes, and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter, or read about our panelists for all our shows at our website at mojosports.com.au. For Indigenous Round, we wish your team a great round of football and with no injuries. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.